Welcome to the Losing Weight with Fasting and Mindful Eating podcast. I am your host, Monika Banach, an advanced practice nurse and a weight loss coach. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to today's episode. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss the value of sleep and why I think sleep is number one. Also, I'll discuss sleep disturbances during fasting and why this is happening. And I'll kind of go over some good sleep hacks, some things that you can incorporate to improve your sleep. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer, everything I discuss here is based on personal knowledge and experience. None of this is medical advice. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So always seek the advice of your physician with any questions that you may have. If you are enjoying my podcast, please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word and it helps me continue making these podcasts for free. I know you've heard me talk about sleep before, and oftentimes you hear me say, sleep is number one. Well, it is number one. It's hard to make up the lack of sleep. And sleep is one of the key ingredients to success, to living a longer and happier life. I'm sure when some of you guys were growing up, you would hear people say, oh, you'll sleep when you're dead. Now you should just hustle and work. Well, the truth is, if you do not get quality of sleep consistently, you will be dying a lot sooner. Your body and your mind need time to regenerate, and this is primarily done during sleep. I'm going to start off with addressing some sleep issues related to fasting. But what I want you to keep in mind is that this isn't for same for everyone. You have to figure out what is causing your sleep issues. Just because Mary is not sleeping because she's, you know, 12% body fat, that doesn't mean that this is causing your sleep issues. So keep that in mind and keep track, keep a journal of your sleep and assess on your own. So sleep issues can be common during the first few days of a fast. Sometimes they can be related to the hunger pangs. Oftentimes it can be the drop in your blood sugar that can keep you up at night, especially if you are new to fasting. But once you get fat adapted, this should get better. Over time, when your body gets adapted to the schedule, it will stabilize the insulin and your sleep will improve. Fasting actually can make your sleep better because it does release human growth hormone and it helps your body produce more melatonin. So again, keep in mind, everyone's body adapts differently. So be patient with yourself. Listen to your body. Another reason why some people might have a hard time sleeping when they start fasting can be due to the norepinephrine or noradrenaline because your body 
has so much extra energy. Think about it. Big part of your daily functions is to digest your food and assimilate that food. So a lot of the energy of your body, daily energy, goes into digestion. So when you don't have to digest the food, your body has all this extra energy, even after it does the internal healing and autophagy and all that stuff. If you continue to have difficulty sleeping, another thing that's important to note are neurotoxic illnesses that can be due to like exposure to certain toxic foods, metals such as lead, mercury. A lot of people that have mercury feelings can have some neurotoxicity, pesticides, some drugs, including like chemotherapy drugs. So if your sleep, especially if your sleep is a accompanied, accompanied, I cannot say that word, (laughs) accompanied by anxiety, brain fog, or severe fatigue, that could be a sign that your body is maybe neurotoxic. Or it could be just be releasing toxins, it could be healing. So pay attention to those symptoms with each fast, they can change with each fast. So keep track of them, and assess as you go. Another group of people that can encounter sleep disturbances are people that have a very low body fat percentage. So that's very common. For me, my initial sleep issues were mainly due to, I think, the noradrenaline, just all that extra energy. I was just like, awake, like I wanted to do, I wanted to go run marathons. I had so much energy. But now I sleep pretty good. I have incorporated a really good sleep routine and good every day I go to bed at the same time. But actually, I'm going to be talking about this below and kind of help you guys develop a better sleep routine to help you sleep better. So how many times have you found yourself saying when you wake up, I am exhausted as soon as that alarm clock goes off in the morning. And the only thing you want to do is put your head down on your pillow and get a few more minutes of sleep. Well, if that is you, you are not alone. Many people have difficult time with sleep. But the good news is that you can change that by creating a better sleep hygiene and by following some of the sleep hacks that I'll talk about below. When you improve the quality of your sleep, almost every aspect of your life improves. And yes, you're more productive, you have more energy, you're less likely to reach out for junk food. So yes, it is important to incorporate those things to help you get a better quality of sleep. It's important that you truly understand the value of your sleep. It's not just about closing your eyes and whatever. Sleep has direct impact on your mental, emotional, and physical performance. Just like lack of sleep can lead you to many health issues, depression, obesity, immune deficiencies, um, increased cortisol. When people say, oh, I can't lose weight, the first thing I ask them is, how is your sleep? And 90% of the time, they're not getting good quality of sleep. 
And there's a difference between quantity, how long you sleep, versus quality of sleep. You want to get good quality of sleep, seven to eight hours of good sleep. Ten hours doesn't mean it's better. Sometimes just because you sleep longer doesn't mean it's good quality of sleep. Evidence or research suggests that you actually make 20% more mistakes when you are sleep deprived and you are more likely to reach for junk food when you are sleep deprived. And I can attest to that because when I am tired, when I haven't had enough sleep, I want to eat crap. (laughs) So let's kind of start off with talking about the sleep cycles. Sleep cycles are your body's natural rise and fall of sleep death. And those sleep cycles take about 90 minutes each. And the importance of the sleep cycle is that you want to wake up at the top of a cycle. So you're not waking up in the middle of like your deep, deep sleep because then you'll feel super groggy. So like stage one is like sleepiness stage. Stage two is light sleep. Stage three and four are deep sleep. And then stage five is the REM sleep or REM sleep or dreaming. So you ideally want to wake up when that cycle goes back to stage one. That is the best stage to wake up. So those stages are important. And the reason why it's important to understand the stages is that you want to establish a regular sleep schedule, even on the weekends or even when you go on vacation. Your body has an internal 24-hour clock, which is called circadian rhythm, and it dictates when you are drowsy and when you are awake. The best window of sleep is from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's when you get the best quality of sleep. And that's during the time where your body produces the highest amount of melatonin and growth hormone. So number one thing that I recommend, I'm going to kind of talk about some of the hacks that you can incorporate in your sleep routine to improve your sleep over time. Number one thing that I see is technology, cell phones. We live in this world where we're constantly surrounded by social media, our cell phones, laptops at work. We're always on our phones. We're always looking at our screens. So get off your phone at least one hour before bedtime. The constant bright screens from the phone, the blue light, keeps your mind awake and it will also inhibit the production of melatonin. So I know this is hard for me sometimes to get off the phone, but I just start just I just try reading a book or journaling or doing breathing meditation or something like that. So and or if you do, if you must be on the phone and you have to do some work on a computer late in the evening, incorporate wearing blue light blocking glasses, those glasses that can block the light from from the cell phone. You can get those on Amazon pretty cheap. So your bedroom, another reason why you want to keep your bedroom free of electronics is that your body releases melatonin in a dark environment. So if your bedroom has like a nightlight, alarm clock, or even like the light from the TV, 
it will suppress melatonin by 50% because your body can actually absorb the light through your skin even when your eyes are closed. So keep your bedroom clutter-free, make it a sanctuary. Your bedroom should only be used for sleep and that other thing, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So keep your work out of the bedroom. Your home office is for work. Your living room is for watching TV. Your kitchen is for making food. Your dining room is for eating. And your bedroom should be for sleep and the other activity. So make an effort to create a good environment. Keep it clutter-free. Maybe add some plants. Plants are great for filtering air. Some things that I have in my bedroom are English ivy and snake plants. Those two are probably the top best at filtering the air. Another thing is keeping your bedroom cool. The ideal temperature is between 65 and 69 degrees Fahrenheit. Temperature has a big influence on your sleep cycle. Normally, your body knows how to drop your body temperature to optimize your sleep. But sometimes certain conditions like being too hot or too humid can be extremely challenging for your body to regulate. This is why it is important to naturally cool the environment in your bedroom. But you also don't want it to be too cold either. When you're shivering, it's hard for your body to sleep. If you are incorporating baths, like a warm Epsom salt bath, which I love, try to do those about an hour or even two hours before bed. Those are great. That will help you sleep, but you don't want it to be too hot because it will be hard to cool your body off as well. Another simple thing that I actually started adding about two years ago is the magnesium. Most of us, about 80% of people are deficient in magnesium. And magnesium has over 300 functions in your body. It, it regulates your blood sugar, circulation, it helps reduce pain, relaxes your muscle. It's just a great supplement to incorporate. So I take Magnesium Calm about an hour before bedtime, and it's great. It really helps with sleep. Another just simple thing is be healthy, eat healthier, move, exercise during the day. That will help increase your sleep quality. You want to have good nutrition. You avoid processed foods, junk food, and start your day or start your evening with a good refeed. You don't want to eat too close to your bedtime because you will be spending the time digesting food and that can also keep you awake. Alcohol, stay away from alcohol. A lot of people associate drinking alcohol with drifting off to sleep quickly. But the speed at which you fall asleep does not correlate to the quality of sleep. Alcohol actually decreases the deep sleep cycle and you usually don't reach the optimal sleep state. That's why you often just wake up kind of groggy after drinking. So keep the alcohol if you have to drink at least four hours before bedtime and make sure you Drink plenty of water before you go to bed. Another thing is caffeine. If you are a coffee drinker, try to keep the caffeine. Don't drink it past noon. 
because that caffeine can stay in your system for quite some time and it can keep you awake. So those are just some things. Oh, another thing that some people that I know that have been using recently is the CBD sleep pills. And those are, those work great for people. So experiment with yourself. Some people also take melatonin and I am not 100% sure about melatonin, like a regular use of it. I've heard different studies that if you take melatonin frequently every day, it will reduce the amount of natural melatonin that's produced in your body. Some other studies said that that's not true. So I don't know the answer to that. I rarely take melatonin. I'll take it every so often when I know it's going to be hard for me to fall asleep because I have like a busy day or a stressful day coming up or something like that. So I can't really answer that 100%. But I hope that some of these tips you guys are going to be able to incorporate. They don't take a lot of time and they're just great things to incorporate to improve your sleep. Keep in mind, your sleep is directly related to how you feel, how productive you are, your mental performance. So spend the time to improve your sleep quality, not just the quantity, but quality of sleep. I hope this is helpful for you guys. Have a wonderful evening. 